Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Weightless in Mind, Body and Spirit with Dr. Carol Penn. I am so excited. So first of all, happy Father's Day. Happy, happy Father's Day to all of us who are celebrating. We all, you know, have a dad, whether or not there's a relationship, but it took a mommy and a daddy to, to get us here. And so happy Father's Day. I say happy Father's Day and happy Mother's Day to everyone, whether or not they themselves are a mom or a dad, because I just recognize that. And I'd like to welcome my first guest, Dr. Sean Sowen Mimo. But first, before I do that, let me go ahead and introduce myself. I'm Dr. Carol Penn, and I'm doubly board certified in family medicine as well as obesity medicine. I'm also a master movement meditation and mindset coach, two-time best-selling author, and I'm so proud of my book, Meditation in a Time of Madness, a guidebook for talented teens, tweens, their parents and guardians who need to thrive. And what are we doing here on this new show, Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit? We're gonna be coming to you over 10 episodes this summer, education and entertainment, helping us all optimize our weight, weight loss, weight loss maintenance, to optimize health and well-being. We're going to talk a little bit about anti-aging. We're going to talk about all these wonderful things that we need to know to really live a thriving, vital life. And this is one of the reasons why I am bringing my first guest on on this Father's Day, because I know that this wonderful, wonderful healer, doctor, colleague has an interest in helping his patients optimize their health and well-being. And that is why he's here. He's a bariatric surgeon, but I'm going to let him introduce himself to you so you can meet Dr. Sean. Welcome, Dr. Sean. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, I'm a father myself, a proud father of three wonderful uh, children. I am a bariatric surgeon and general surgeon. And what I do is I help people to lose significant weight uh, through bariatric surgery and uh, healthy living and uh, have a strong commitment to that. We also do uh, some general surgery, which involves mostly like gallbladder surgery and hernia surgery. So thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here with your wonderful audience. And I'm sure we will uh, be able to give them some good nuggets uh, with which to live healthier lives and thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. So welcome once again. And, you know, one of the things that's on everybody's mind, of course, is this global pandemic that we're living through. So, for example, I would like to explore a little bit of the topic. What does um, bariatrics and obesity me medicine have to teach us about COVID-19? Yeah. So... Uh, this is a, a topic that is uh, close to my heart because I deal with uh, obese people. So uh, the pandemic has been a, a difficult time for obese people, especially uh, because 
the big lesson here is that we need to prize our health. And obesity, of course, as everybody knows, is associated with other health uh, uh, concerns, other chronic diseases, things like heart disease, um, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, and even some cancers. And as I mentioned all these things, they must be resonating with people as people know that these are some of the risk factors um, that there are for the COVID. These are the risk factors for people having severe COVID. Um, it's interesting, you know, even the Bible says that uh, those that have, you know, more shall be given to them and those that have not, even that that they have shall be taken away from them. This is the kind of situation that we're seeing. So especially with uh, in, in people of color, uh, and black and brown people who are seeing this problem. So it's interesting that we're having the pandemic on one hand, and then we're having these uh, this situation that we have in the U.S. with Black Lives Matter on the other hand. So these are these two factors are coming together. And what I saw with um, the situation with uh, COVID nineteen is that we had a disproportionately high level of um, mortality and severe disease in these populations and it was interesting to me that when you look over at the numbers in in africa where people feared that because in these poor communities um and with the challenges in access to healthcare, that the the uh, the impact of the uh, virus will be much more but instead, what we're seeing is much less. I have a sister who lives back in uh, Lagos, and she kept sending me uh, videos that showed people in isolation centers, and they were just really hanging out. They weren't people that were severely sick. What's the reason for this? And one of the explanations that I have is that it has to do with the diet. It has to do with the Western diet, where people are eating uh, more of, of foods that are animal-based, that are processed. And this is part of the reason. I know there's the inequality in the healthcare and things like that, but this is part of the reason why um, we're seeing more severe COVID uh, cases here, especially with uh, people who are, are Black and Brown. And we'll talk a bit more about that, I'm sure. Well, thank you so much for such a thorough answer. It's so important that you brought in also that global aspect by, you know, bringing in the continent of Africa and then specifically some of our um, viewing audience might not know. You mentioned the city of Lagos, which is in the country of Nigeria. Yeah. So this is, you know, an important for people to understand, you know, how this is touching the global community and different things that we're seeing. So thank you for bringing that in. Now you mentioned about the, you know, the the Western diet and 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 some of the ways that the Western diet might be weakening the immune system. Could you give our audience some tips on, you know, what they could do to what they should eliminate? or what they should be bringing in to strengthen their immune system. People want that information. Okay, so the immune system, I think, I mean, it's it's a vast topic, but we can touch on a few points. 
One of the newer areas that we're discovering that really touches on the immune system is something called a microbiome. This is our gut bacteria. And we have like three pounds of bacteria in our gut, in our system. This forms about 90% of the cells in our body uh, because there are so many uh, 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 bacteria com compared to our cells, our, our body's cells. And the function of these gut bacteria is just being elucidated, but they have functions in immunity. Uh, they have functions in terms of brain health, uh, mood, and things like that. So it turns out that there's good gut bacteria and there's bad gut bacteria. And what has happened is that with the Western diet that is focused a lot on, on foods that are fatty and animal-based foods and protein, we tend to cultivate the wrong sort of uh, bacteria in our gut. And what the bacteria in our gut really need is fiber. Fiber comes from plants. Fiber is what stands up the plants as opposed to uh, animals that have skeleton. When bacteria feed on the fiber in plants, they produce short-chain fatty acids and other products which are helpful in maintaining our immunity. They also produce a layer in the gut that protects us from things that we eat uh, going into our system. Uh, plant, let's take for an example, animal proteins. When we lose part of this protective layer in the gut, some of the animal proteins get into our system. And animal proteins are not self. So the body creates, tries to fight off these foreign proteins by you know, using our immunity. But because animals as a species, especially mammals, are so close to us, some of that uh, uh, defense system starts to attack our own selves, which is autoimmunity. I'll give you an example. I had a patient uh, and her husband was being diagnosed with this nondescript, uh, uh, you know, uh, inflammatory bowel disease. And she had seen several, uh, he had seen several gastroenterologists. Now she goes ahead and gets the gastric sleeve and also changes over to a plant-based diet, which is something that we advocate. And the husband just goes along with this diet just in support. <laughs> but surprisingly, he finds that his symptoms of his uh, uh, bowel disease improve significantly, which is just to show you that depending on what we feed the bacteria in our gut, they will protect us. So that, that, that is a little tip there on immunity. Many other factors, things like consuming more micronutrients as opposed to macronutrients, things that give us vitamins, things that give us uh, uh, um, phytoactive uh, um, you know, uh, substances in the diet. So more fruits and vegetables, more mushrooms, more nuts and seeds. Those are the things that help us to boost our immunity while we're consuming less of the macronutrients, the fats, the proteins, and the carbs. So, Dr. Sean, when is your book coming out? <laughs> 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 so, this is, it's fantastic. And I feel so many people, so many of my patients, your patients, just do not understand this, don't know this, how, you know, by changing even one thing in our diet, 
can change many things and impact many things, just like the husband who went along to, to get along, so to speak, yes. as, as we see uh, a lot of that. I know recently my husband and I did something similar. We decided to change our relationship with food. We thought we were eating and probably were eating on a fairly healthy level. But in January, I was like, nope, we're going to we're going to clean it up and so many things changed i mean we did like a, a 360 look and took a deeper dive and really made a journey over 90 days because you know we wanted to take time so we wanted it to be sustainable so we could live with these changes and not just okay cuz and i'm going to ask you this question so many people have this idea of a diet and like a diet is a fixed time. And when that time comes and goes, they stop. Oh, I've lost 10 pounds. And now they go back to the way they were eating before. Do you also see that in your practice? Yes, definitely. Uh, people have to take on a diet as a lifestyle. Uh, unfortunately, we live in a culture where the natural or, or, or the default diet, it's not healthy. There are places in the world, there are some places you can look up called the blue zones, where their natural culture and their natural diet is healthier. And even though they may not have access to all the healthcare, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, towers of medicine that we have, they live relatively healthier lives and they live longer lives. And in some of these places, which, uh, they find people who live you know, into their hundreds. So it's more of a lifestyle change. The diet is something you should think of as a permanent thing, your way of living, your way of eating. You know, so uh, I, I do tell my patients that it's a lifestyle change. It's not a fad that you do just to achieve uh, an end and then you go back to this uh, 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 other thing that you were doing. You need to make a commitment to change the way that you eat and the quality of what you eat. A lot of people also think that it's the quantity of what you're eating. But what is more important is the quality. You can eat and be full every time as long as you're eating the right things uh, you will be healthier. You would actually even lose weight. Oh my goodness! So it's it's not just the equation of calories in, calories out. Oh, not all calories are created uh, equal. Mm -hmm. All calories are created equal. So um, even though there's a calorie count, there are many other things that come in uh, besides the, the the calories. Excellent. Well, I would like just to take a moment to acknowledge some of our audience out there who are saying that we're looking and, and sounding great. So I'm getting some texts coming in. We have Victoria who has joined us live. So good morning, Victoria. And thank you so much for tuning in. And I just want to invite people, if you've got questions, go ahead. You could put them in the chat and we can answer these questions live on the air now we can certainly follow up with you we're gonna you know have many opportunities over the summer to to do so so thank you very much thank you for my support team of penn global 
for hanging in there with me and, and being so supportive. Thank you to my husband and happy Father's Day, darling. And oh, thank you both for so generously sharing. So yeah, so you're, you're welcome. I'm sure Dr. Sean also feels gratitude for, for the comments and for the listening. So if you have a question, go ahead and drop it in the chat. I'm also going to be posting how people can get in touch with you, Dr. Sean. It's very important that people know how to reach you. So if you could just go ahead, perhaps if you'd like to share your number or your website live, I will also put that in the banner so people can see that. And then I'm going to get back to a couple more questions in the time we have left. Okay, so to reach me, you can call our office. Uh, we're located, uh, we have two offices now, two office locations. One is in Freehold and the other is in Jackson. Uh, our telephone number, let me see which one comes to my mind quickly, 732-761-1740. And you can also go to our website, primesurgicare.com. And there's a chat there if you want to send us a text, if you want to uh, register, if you're interested even in uh, bariatric surgery or weight loss surgery, you want to register for our webinar uh, where we give information on this and uh, also healthy living, uh, you can go ahead and do so. It would be my pleasure to work with anyone that uh, wants to uh, lose significant weight and live a healthier life. Excellent. So you mentioned you have a, a webinar. So this is a pre-recorded uh, video or show that if a person registers, they then have access to it so they can get receive education. Yes, this is actually a live webinar that I do now every two weeks uh, where I personally present, uh, you know, uh, about healthy living and also about bariatric surgery and the process for bariatric surgery. I take questions. I demystify whatever myths people have, and uh, we have a you know back and forth uh, Q and A conversation as well. All right, so thank you. There you have it. So we've got two questions, and I'd like to get those uh, questions in. So, um, oh, and another comment. Please spell out your website. The person is asking that you please spell out your website for us. Okay, definitely. So Prime Surgicare spelled P-R-I-M-E-S-U-R-G-I-C-A-R-E.com. All right. Sounds like people are paying attention. <laughs> so, That's always good at 7 a.m. in the morning. That is, you know, I remember, though, we said the early bird catches the worm. Ooh. And I am, I've become a morning person. That was part of my journey in mommyhood. I was not really a morning person. The brain cells weren't firing, ready to go. So two things, residency training and becoming a mom because I had a early riser 5 a.m feet hit the floor like clockwork <laughs> up, up through the age of 13 so oh, wow. 13 years of boot camp <laughs> <laughs> all right mommy's out there <laughs> that's right that's right so the question is my daughter is a strict vegan is there anything she should be eating to balance out her good calories and nutritional value Okay, so um, typically I don't 
the labels and what people are doing sometimes can uh, misinform. So a vegan diet is essentially a diet that excludes animal products, which is good. Milk, eggs, cheese, uh, fish, meat, beef uh, is excluded. Um, but it leaves itself uh, in that definition open to processed foods, processed carbs. You know, have you ever heard the, the, the thing where people tell you, well, I eat lots of protein, but I avoid the carbs. But then oh, not all carbs are bad and not all protein is good. So uh, what you want to do is make sure that you're eating a diet that has more whole foods. That means more natural foods, foods that have been minimally processed. And you want to eliminate foods that are uh, processed or, or that come in, in, in a package. Or, or you know and things like that now with the vegan diet you already have the plant-based covered what you want to do is increase micronutrient consumption which we've touched on which is more vegetables more fruits and you want to reduce the macronutrient uh, consumption the other thing you want to do is minimize salts and instead try and use spices uh, also minimize oils. A lot of oils are processed, even though they, they, some of them may be uh, uh, sold as good for you, like olive oil, but a lot of that is processed. The only, uh, it, it's not as good as eating the actual olives. You also want to minimize sugars because sugars are, are processed uh, uh, and, you know, sugars lead you into this pleasure trap where you need more and more to satisfy you. So uh, those are the things on 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 the um, uh, on the surface that I can mention. There are certain vitamin deficiencies that come along with veganism that are still being kind of debated in science because uh, the, some people contest that you can actually get these vitamins, things like B twelve, if you eat a really balanced uh, vegan diet. So that that is still on the fence, but uh, you know that, that that can easily be supplemented if you test and find out that there's some of these deficiencies, which brings to another point called you know, which is about testing. We have to test about where uh, to find out where we are in terms of health, and um, I'm sure we'll get to the discussion. I can give some tips on what sort of testing people should uh, numbers people want to test for and track. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for those answers. I'm sure that is very, very helpful. We have a second question that I want to acknowledge from one of our viewers, and it's about elimination diet. And specifically, they're wondering, well, if you're recommending a mostly plant-based diet, how does one go about eliminating you know, meat? in their in their diet animal protein okay so this is a matter of uh commitment uh because you know in our culture as i said everybody loves meat i love meat mm -hmm. um, what i've found is that if but i love more the concept of my being healthy and my being in control of my health and knowing that what I do with my diet, you know, will determine my fate. So uh, like Earl Nightingale, uh, 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 the saying by Earl Nightingale that says, we are self-made, but only the successful will admit it. You can apply that same saying to diet. 
we are all what we eat, but only the healthy will admit that. So you essentially take control of your life. Now, in a lot of the cultures where they thrive and are very healthy and live longest and healthiest, it's not that they don't eat animal products or meat, but they do eat them in very small quantities, less than 5% of their diet, while 95% of, of their diet are plants, mostly whole foods. It may be for economic reasons in those places, but they still reap the benefits. So you need to determine your own culture in your uh, for your own self, for your own household, and just make that commitment uh, and consciously eat what will make you healthy. Excellent. Thank you so much. So, you know, the first question was from a mom and her comment is, okay, thanks. She is doing everything you have mentioned. She's on the right track and now I can relax. (laughs) 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 You gotta love moms, right? You know, always on that lookout, always on that lookout. Yeah. Let me Um, say one thing, you know, um, not so that I don't sound, uh, you know, um, like I'm lecturing. I've been on this journey myself. And I remember about four years ago when I initially uh, saw about plant-based diets and I went on. And at the same time, it was during the summer and I was um, biking almost 100 miles every week. And I was losing weight. And someone close to me said, oh, well, it's this biking that you're doing that is causing you to, 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 like, letting you lose weight. So based on that, I actually abandoned the plant-based diet. And over the off-season when I wasn't biking, my weight went back up to the previous weight. With this previous weight, I had my hemoglobin A1C, which is one of the numbers I track, uh, getting into the pre-diabetic range. And also my cholesterol uh, was, you know, was a little bit high. Not enough that I needed medication, but a little bit high. So for two seasons, I biked as hard as I could. And even though I'm generally healthy, those numbers never dropped and my weight never came down until with more research, I found out that, listen, this plant-based diet is really the way to go. And I went back to it and I stayed committed and faithful. And on an off season where I wasn't biking and doing much exercise, I lost significant amount of weight. I ended up losing over the last year 35 pounds and saw with that my home hemoglobin A1C come back down into the normal range from the 60s, from the high 60s to 5.4, and my cholesterol also come down into the normal range. So first of all, track what your numbers are, know what your risks are. And then when you do a diet like this and you see those numbers move, you see your weight move, I mean, you will be so motivated to just continue in this lifestyle. Absolutely. Feeling good is a motivation, isn't it? And that's a reason like, okay, do I pick up this chocolate candy bar or do I drink my green shake? Well, hmm, it seems like when I drink my green shake, I feel a lot more energetic and I'm seeing my numbers drop. Um, You know, I still have a few more questions for you. However, 
I want us to be able to engage with our audience. And more questions are coming in. Do you mind if we? Um, Absolutely. Uh, Let's. Right. <laughs> so we have a. The audience is everything. That's why we're here. Then we have a comment and a question. I may, and this is from Patricia. So thank you, Patricia. I mainly eat fruits and vegetables, always low on protein. How do I get more protein into my diet? That's her first question. And then she has a second one. Okay. So it's good that you're eating the fruits and vegetables. That's the part of the, the micronutrient recipe. For the macronutrients and protein, Everyone, I think, culturally is they were concerned about protein because we keep hearing about protein, protein, protein. And you also the other myth is that people think that protein equals to meat. That is not correct. So you want to get some good proteins, and good proteins are your plant proteins, things like your beans, your lentils, your chickpeas, the pulses, uh, string beans, uh, tofu, if you love that. You know, uh, even in quinoa, even in oatmeal, there's 15% protein. So there's protein in lots of uh, plant-based sources that you can incorporate into your diet. And the thing about it is that it's not uh, the more protein, the better. You only need your requirements. For the average person, 50 to 60 grams of protein a day uh, is sufficient. And with plant proteins, you're getting all the essential amino acids that you need uh, without getting some things that come along with animal proteins, uh, like uh, heterocyclic amines that they find in, in especially grilled uh, meat, TMAO that comes from choline, uh, when the microbacteria act on it, that is, is a, a, actually a, a, a toxin in the body. So I'll encourage you just do more uh, plant proteins, find the, one, find the ones that you love and uh, go with it. Oh, my goodness. I hope our, our, our audience has got a notebook out and just why, because we are getting a lesson here today. And I do want to remind our audience that we are not here to treat or diagnose anything. This is for educational purposes only. You need to work with your qualified healthcare professionals. So even jot some of your questions down, make an appointment with your medical healthcare professional and take these questions to that person. So you want to do this in a way that is safe and meaningful for you. So this is, this show is for educational purposes only. And Dr. Sean is giving us an education this morning, and we are so grateful. So Patricia has a, another question, and it has to do with pain. And one of the things I noticed when my husband and I made our journey, one of the reasons that he wanted to, to look at and shift his diet around because he deals with inflammatory arthritis. And we knew that changing an approach to food could also reduce inflammation. And if we reduce inflammation, the theory is that it reduces pain. So here's the question from Patricia. I use dairy as my as my protein source, but it's bad for my inflammation and arthritis. Any suggestions? Yes, uh, thankfully, there's, there's so much uh, um, 
substitutes uh, for dairy out there nowadays. You have the, the nut uh, milks that are out there. Almond milk, I personally use. Um, there's cashew milk, there's oat milk. Um, some of these take some getting used to if you're coming uh, from cow's milk. Uh, there's also soy milk uh, that you can get into. And these have other benefits that come uh, along with the um, uh, uh, with the plant uh, uh, nature uh, that they have. So those are the, the substitutes that you can use. Um, other dairy products, uh, there's even cheese nowadays. I know that uh, going through Whole Foods, I did see some plant alternatives uh, uh, to cheese. So there's a lot of these things that are available now. The only thing I'd caution people to watch out is that, you know, there's for some things, there's the over processing that goes on. For instance, uh, you know, when you start talking about uh, uh, meat and, and they're manufacturing uh, this kind of meat now. Um, I forget the example from Burger King. And right. you see that that contains even more calories than the or original uh, beef, you know, because they're putting so many chemicals in there to try and make it taste, uh, you know, like meat. So just watch out for that. But there are many alternatives out there for a lot of the dairy. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things, you know, substituting one processed food for another doesn't make it healthier, even if it says it's organic and if it says it's natural. People get fooled by these labels because it can be something that's very high in calories or it has so many other things in it that it defeats the purpose of being a, a helpful food. And, and that's you know one of these things I so value this education that we're sharing because people just don't know. They're out there and they're in the grocery store and they see the label natural and they think that means healthy. And that doesn't necessarily, well, arsenic is natural too. I'll tell you how many calls we get from someone in the grocery, you know, in the shopping aisle. Oh, Dr. Sean, I'm in the, <laughs> in the grocery store. What do I get this and that? Yes, there's, there's so many options out there. It's difficult uh, uh, to choose, but you want to have some guiding principles, you know, the less ingredients in, in, a, in a product, the better. And what's better than the product is produce. If you want to find, you know, don't be given into, uh, uh, you know, um, supplements and, and uh, you know, things that are fortified. Rather find the natural foods, plants, that those, uh, um, those vitamins or minerals come from and consume them. The, there's nothing better than the original. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a few minutes left. I want to get in the last few uh, questions. And, you know, we started our conversation this morning. What does bariatrics and obesity medicine have to teach us about COVID-19? So, you know, as we're wrapping up today, there's some general things that people need to do. And if they start doing them now, it's going to boost immunity. It's going to help them, you know, optimize their health and well-being. So what are your tips that you can give our viewers on, you know, getting off the weight and keeping it off? Okay. Um. Getting off the weight and keeping it off, uh, we've, I think we've dealt, we've talked extensively or mentioned extensively about the plant-based diet, which I believe is, is really a cornerstone of healthy living. And with the health, uh, 
uh, weight loss comes naturally. Uh, take, for instance, uh, President Clinton. When he got out of office, and we know President Clinton, he was bubba, he was the burger-eating, you know, cool president. Uh, he had um, to have a, a coronary heart disease. Yes, and on top of that, without changing his lifestyle, had to have stents put in. And the gentleman wanted to be around for a long time. He wanted to walk his daughter, Chelsea, down the aisle. And so he did a lot of research on the best diet and got onto a plant-based diet. What, According to his own words, he said it doesn't eat anything that moves or slithers, anything that has a face or a mama. And he was eating just plants. And with that, not only did he um, improve his heart disease, but he also lost about 24 pounds and was able to walk his daughter down the aisle. So the the tip in that is the, the centricity of a plant-based diet, a whole foods diet. And then it's also what you don't eat. Stop eating crap is what I tell people. And C standing for you know, carbonated beverages, R for refined sugars, a for artificial foods. Your artificial foods are things like pizza, cake, ice cream. And if that sounds familiar, that's the usual recipe for children's birthday parties, which is a concern of mine. And then stop eating processed foods as well. Mm. So if you minimize these, you minimize salts, oils, and sugars, uh, you know, and also you exercise. Exercise regularly. And let your exercise be a combination of a cardiovascular workout and also some resistance training, some weights. I think with these tips, you're, you're, you're able to not only get your weight down, uh, but also keep the weight up. And this does not negate uh, the fact that I wield a very powerful tool called bariatric surgery. So what I teach my patients is that we do the bariatric surgery it's a one-time thing it gives you a, a significant advantage it does reduce uh, uh, the amount of food that is needed to feel full it does give you a metabolic effect you know that lasts a period of time that allows you to get your weight down to the normal weight but what will enhance that effect and help you keep the weight off long term are these lifestyle changes especially with your diet and then secondarily with exercise and physical activity and it doesn't have to be anything fantastic you don't have to be a, a gym rat even walking works people who walk regularly and are active you know uh, walk a mile or two a day build that up you know don't stay in the same place like your kids go to school and graduate you also graduate and improve you know things like that or bike or just you know Try and get out of the sedentary lifestyle that we're confined to, the way our culture is. When you're talking on the phone, pace and things like that, simple things like a park further away from, from your building. So these are all simple tips that if you incorporate them into your lifestyle, uh, will help you in terms of getting to a healthy weight and maintaining a healthy weight. Excellent. Just, just so for our viewers, would you please give us that acronym again? Crap. See carbohydrates. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves that. C is for carbonated beverages. 
Okay. R is for refined sugars. That's any added sugars. Uh, A is for artificial foods. And P is for processed foods. Artificial foods. Artificial. Artificial foods. Foods that are not real. Foods that you can't find growing anywhere. There's no pizza growing anywhere. There's no ice cream growing anywhere. These are foods that have been formulated, you know, and, and, and put together. They're, they're artificial. They tend not to be good for you. They contain a lot of empty calories, um, a lot of sugar, you know, that drives insulin. And as you know, insulin is a, a obesogenic uh, hormone. That means a hormone that tends to promote uh, obesity. All right. So I just put that up there. So the carbonated beverages, refined sugars, artificial foods, and processed foods. I just love that acronym. That is just totally fantastic. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here and let you get on with your Father's Day celebration with your beautiful family, your wife, and your children. I want to thank you, Dr. Sean, for just being a part of this first uh, broadcast, but one of the things that I want to know, will you come back on again? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, this was fun to do. I, I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, I hope that uh, we're able to give some benefit to your audience. And, uh, you know, that is what the mission is to help as many people out there uh, to live healthier lives, lives to overcome uh, obesity, uh, that it's another epidemic that is plaguing our society. You know, there's enough problems to deal with as long as we can get people healthier, to weigh less, and not to uh, be subject uh, to the pandemic and all these other things. That is what we want to do. Ah, fantastic. Absolutely. So now our audience has an idea of what obesity and bariatrics, when we come together, what we could do and what this is about. So thank you so much for sharing all of this vital information that's going to help us what live our best lives. And this is yours truly, your host, Dr. Carol Penn, doubly board certified in family medicine and obesity medicine, your host of Weightless and Mind, Body and Spirit. We hope that you will join us again next Sunday at 7 a.m. coming to you with our summer show. Lots of fun, lots of entertainment, but most important, lots of education to help you live your best life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See you next week.